Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 23, produced 16 January 2016. If you're a connoisseur, an aficionado, or just a fan of whiskey, you're no doubt familiar with the myth of the angel's share. It's that wee bit of whiskey that evaporates out of the cask as the spirit is aging and floats upwards to the angels. In Sterling, a father-daughter team has taken that myth and used it as inspiration to create a new and unique glassware company, using a secret process to create a signature product the Angel Share Whiskey Angel. It's the story of Angel Share Glass, here under the Tartan Sky. Scotland has been changing the world as we know it for centuries, one innovation at a time. The television, telephone, even the tyres on your automobile are all possible thanks to Scottish ingenuity. And that's just the tease. In 2016, Scotland celebrates the Year of Innovation, Architecture and Design. It's a time to discover unique crafts, textiles and designs, including tartan and Harris tweed. A time to marvel at architecture both old and new, from the Scottish National Gallery in Edinburgh to Glasgow's Clyde Auditorium. A time to wonder at the engineering brilliance of feats like the Fourth Bridge or the towering sculptures of the Kelpies. There's more to Scotland than bagpipes, whisky and breathtaking natural beauty. Come and experience the year of innovation, architecture and design 2016. Come and experience Scotland. Scotland is a land of myth, legend, and romantic history. Consider Nessie, Outlander, and the Kelpies. Scotland is also a land known for its whiskey, and that too is steeped in its own legend, that of the Angel Share. Distilled spirits are virtually undrinkable after their sugar content has fermented into alcohol. In the case of distilled spirits, the alcoholic content can be nearly 190 proof or more, to reduce the percentage of alcohol and to intensify the subtle flavors of the spirit, producers age their products in oak barrels or casks, a minimum of seven years for whiskey. The staves of these oak casks are often heavily charred before assembly to give the drink a distinct taste. Over time, some of the alcohol seeps through the grain of the oak staves and evaporates into the open air, and this evaporating alcohol about 2% of the volume annually, becomes the angel share. As a result of the angel share, a formerly undrinkable pure grain alcohol can mellow to a more palatable 86 proof over time. This legend of the angel share is near ageless, and the story has been shared with who knows how many tens of thousands of visitors touring distilleries around the world. Despite this, no one 
until recently, had ever created a way to visualize this whiskey fable. Enter Tom Young and his daughter Karen Somerville. Tom has been a glassblower for some 60 years. Born in Glasgow, he began in scientific fields. In 1967, he established a glassblowing department at Stirling University. In 1979, he left to concentrate on his creative side, founding Village Glass. His designs are known worldwide, creating unique pieces for clients from Japan to South America. Then, in 2012, daughter Karen had an epiphany, and together they launched a new craft business, Angels Share Glass, a small but rapidly growing glassware company that pays homage to this Angels Share whiskey legend. And just what inspired this epiphany and the resulting new business? I think you'll be surprised by the answer. So in 2012, you may or may not have seen the, the film The Angel Share, um, which is a Scottish-made film and um, featured um, a quite hilarious story about um, the legend itself. So... Um, in our kind of previous life before Angel Share Glass, we are were always glass manufacturers, and our connection um, in our previous glass manufacturing has been with the distilleries and um, the production of what is called a spirit bowl, which um, is part of the distilling process. And we supplied the fabricators in Scotland, so the coppersmiths, um, with these bowls. And we probably supplied about 50% of all distilleries in Scotland with these bowls. So we're very familiar with whiskey and the distillers. And when the film came out, we uh, had a bit of a eureka moment, my dad and I. And, and we kind of said, there is nothing out there in any distillery or um, visitor centre that represents the Angel Share. So they talk about it and they say what it is, but there is physically nothing no, in a three-dimensional um, object that represents it. So um, our creative side took over and the uh, angel we thought about and we said, how amazing would it be if we could get whiskey inside it and seal it up there forever so it's not meant for drinking and it's purely the angel share of whiskey. So um, Tom, my dad, had a go at making some angels and obviously the, the secret process we used to get the whiskey in there without it combusting is um, hugely technical. And that's where um, my dad used his kind of technical genius to achieve this. So, um, worked in a laboratory. Yeah, um, my dad's history is a laboratory glassblower. So, uh, using chemistry and, and kind of the laws of, of chemistry and physics and stuff, he managed to achieve that. So, um, we developed an angel filled with whiskey and called her the Angel Share and then took her out to, to the distilleries that we dealt with and some focus groups and and everyone kind of said, wow, <laughs> we've never seen this before. And this is amazing. So we then thought we'd, we'd come on to something and we spent a lot of time researching and, and we decided to bring it to market a year later. And so that's how we started Angel Share Glass, which um, then took on the extra and the other glass um, designs that we do in terms of, of the whiskey drinker and related whiskey accessories. So... So that's how the, the Angel Shear glass started with the legends of the Angel Shear. So it's all down to a bit of uh, Hollywood in Scotland, huh? Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the film was the kind of um, catalyst of the, the creative design. And um, it just started our brains ticking. And, and it's kind of like a Loch Ness Monster moment. But, 
you know, the Loch Ness Monster talked about and then all of a sudden someone creates a stuffed toy or whatever and now it's an iconic image that everyone thinks of the Loch Ness Monster, they can see exactly what it looks like. So now we've kind of created the Angel Share and hopefully when people think of the Angel Share, they think of our product. Well, your product is glass, and as you mentioned, your dad's uh, background is as a glassblower, an industrial glassblower. My question, Tom, is how does one go about becoming a glassblower? I mean, you know, when I was a little kid and somebody said, what do you want to be? Typically, you know, little boys say, oh, I want to be a fireman or a policeman or, or an astronaut, depending on the, the generation you're asking, I suppose. I don't think I've ever heard a, a little boy say, oh, I'm going to grow up and be a glassblower. How, how did that well, come about? It came purely by accident. My brother's a chemist, and uh, I had just left high school, and uh, I really didn't know exactly. I wanted to be a draftsman. That would be drawing technical products uh, in a draftsman's office. Uh, Quite difficult to get into that that industry. Um, My brother was talking to someone who was supplying glassware to the labs that he worked in, and for some reason they were talking about his young brother, uh, it doesn't know what to do. He says, well, we've got a, a, an opportunity for an apprentice, what they call an apprentice. If he likes, send him along to this workshop and see what he thinks. So, I, like you say, I had no idea about glass or being a glass blower. And I duly went along and saw this wonderful stuff in glass being made. And he said, well, you don't have to decide now. Come back next week and just stand around and watch what we do, and then you can decide if you want to come and have a go at it. So that's exactly how I was always very good with my hands. It's high school. I was good at art, uh, technical subjects, um, more than the academic side of things. I was more technically minded uh, and using my hands to create things. Um, I was very good with a product uh, as a child called plasticine. Uh, I don't know if that's in the States or not, where you could build little models of a very soft clay. Uh, and I was quite quite good at that. So it was purely my accident, and that is uh, some 60-odd years ago. <laughs> so did did you start out then literally making what sounds like probably test tubes and beakers, that oh, no, sort well, of thing? It was, a bit, it was you, know, you started off you know, as an apprentice. You made uh, odd-sized ones that weren't available uh, through the kind of mass-produced uh, test tube. Uh, was, these test tubes may have had little uh, inclusions in them in the, in the base to, to stir up things or to stir up the chemicals of reaction. Uh, but there were really, if you could go back to your laboratory days and you get things like Liebig condensers, which condense materials and you distill them. So it's pretty much elementary distilling again, where you can take uh, a product like a condenser and distill products and get a, a pure pure product at the other end of it after you've boiled it up and condensed it. So we did all sorts of things. But the laboratory glass board is mainly employed in research uh, and in this country in universities. So I, I had some 16 years working for the research department in universities. And I'm quite sure in, in America, uh, most of you, in fact, I do know, because I was a member of the American Scientific Society uh, for glass making. Uh, for a number of years while I worked at university. Um, so it's, there are other glassmakers out there, you know, doing technical work. As you say, you started then in the technical end of the industry. When did you turn to artistic glassmaking? Was, um, was there another epiphany well, moment? 
Yeah, when I when I was at university, I got to that age where I was forty years old, and I'm saying, well, where do we go? That's me forty. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I was very creative as a young person. So in in an industrial atmosphere, I always had bits of glass that I would turn into a, 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 a kind of decorative product, a little vase, a little bottle, a mm. Bambi, whatever. And um, we had an opportunity in my village to get a, a building that would be suitable to do my own glasswork, including the, the, the laboratory industrial work. So we duly retired from university and I set up a private company uh, making laboratory glassware in conjunction with decorative glassware. Uh, and in my creative ability, we created a whole range of um, items which were made in Scotland for the Scottish Tourist Board, uh, which had a Scottish flavour to it in some shape or form. And it, it was very successful. We ran that business for 20 years until I, I retired. And this was before we set up Angel Share. So we actually sold that business and it's still on the go today, but um, in a, a much diminished um, dimension. But um, to answer the question, I, I, I was always creative. I have this ability Imagine. to have imagination of shape and form and dimension. Um, things came easy. I could look at something and say, well, I can make that in glass. Um, and that's what I do. We <laughs> sometimes think that with, with Dad's concerns, um, all new um, glass technology and stuff has some a degree of either 3D printing or, um, you know, 3D graphic design and stuff. And my, my dad and I just kind of use our imagination and then make it. So <laughs> we <laughs> cut out all the need for the technology. So, yeah, we're very lucky that we can, yeah, our hands, what's in our heads, can, we can interpret into the glass quite easily. What are the skills required to, what makes a good glass blower or glass artist? Wow, that was, well, it takes patience, perseverance, and um, just to stay to stay the course. It's a, it's, it's a long process. It's a, a learning curve that, that doesn't come easy. Um, there's a lot of repetition to, to, to do the same thing over and over and over again till you get it right. Uh, and in my earlier days, in the, 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 what they called the foreman made sure that you did it you know, over and over and over until you did get it right. Um, the other thing is that it, we're always constantly developing. So you, even though you get to a stage where something's right, it can always be tweaked to be made better. So even in the case of the angel, an angel share, um, our first angels we ever did are quite grotesque. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, and so we developed them so that now, yeah, so they they have evolved into what they are mm -hmm. kind of now, and I'm sure even now we're still we mm -hmm. still tweak the design ever ever so slightly just to make it you know even better than what it is. So um, yeah, what makes a good glassblower is someone that's always wanting to achieve better. I think as well. Yep, correct. There clearly has to be a certain level of creativity because, as you say, to take an idea, an image that you can see in your mind. I can't draw stick people. I'm just going to tell you that right up front. <laughs> I'm not an artist. I'm a wordsmith. But to take an idea, I can I can create the, the idea and see images in my mind and know what I want to see. But then to turn that into something physical, that must take a great deal of, of a certain skill or, or a level of creativity that not everybody has, especially then dealing with molten glass. 
Absolutely. And I think that's what gives their products the, you know, mm-hmm. the uniqueness. And that's our, most definitely our buzzword USP um, is that, yeah, we can take something that we can see and we turn it into something um, 3D. And, and that's our gift. And, and certainly my dad's talent is phenomenal. And there aren't many people like him in the world. So hence why we, we've got something really pretty special here. You mentioned the uniqueness of the Angel Share glass in that, obviously, that the whiskey is encapsulated. It's captured in the Angel, and it's not its not something you take a lid off of and pour out and drink. It's there forever. Was the Angel Share then the first time that liquid was captured in glass like that? Was Is that something that, Tom, that you have created through your ingenuity or are there other products out there that predate the angel share glass where maybe water or some other liquid is captured in molten glass the, the technique without giving too much away is yeah don't give away the trade say, secrets we don't want that yeah, but what, what i can what i can say to you is if if you go back uh, a bit i was talking about my 16 years working in research and laboratories and part of that uh, sometimes the chemist would produce uh, a chemical which was quite rare or oh, quite okay. hazardous and had to be stored in some way and that way would be to put it in a large for the want of a better word an ampule and that ampule would be sealed uh, hermetically so that it could be opened at some other time for whatever he wanted to use it or when he wanted to use it so my experience in sealing hazardous materials and there's various techniques how you do that uh, was part of my experience and when we started to talk about sealing whiskey then I had a, a lead there I knew how to do that. Well under certain conditions I think we could all agree that whiskey can be hazardous as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit more then the the Angel's share glass was obviously your original and is your signature creation but you've expanded a great deal from there in terms of a variety of whiskey-related gifts and glassware that is all based around the Angel's Share. Tell me a little bit about some of the other products that you offer and how those came to be. Are they, are, are they all the result of sort of, as you said, a eureka moment? Or is there some constant development and thinking and creativity going on behind the scenes at Angel's Share Glass? I'll answer a little bit of that. Um, we are constantly developing. We look at our products every day and go, what do people need and what, what you know how useful can it be obviously the angel share um is a gift item so it really has um its purpose purely is an ornament and it's beautiful to look at and it also could hold your favorite whiskey and be something quite dear to you um but then we launched the whiskey dropper um which is a practical accessory so this allows you to um dilute your whiskey in a way that when you we do a lot of whiskey tastings in Scotland and they became very um fashionable and and you know very popular especially with younger um age group people and um so the the big thing was to add water to your whiskey especially your single malt but just enough so that it, it enhanced the, the the drinking experience rather than um overwatering your whiskey and ruining the the whole um flavor so um Again, from my dad's technical side, we looked at how we could turn a pipette into something more um, elegant. And so our whiskey dropper was born, the um, designs we have developed. So we started off with one that has a pot still, which is the obviously the, 
distill that the whiskey's distilled yeah, in, the big, and then the big copper yeah, pots that they distill the whiskey in. Yes, and then we developed using the thistle, um, adding a thistle to it so that it had the Scottish element, and then obviously the angel, which is the angel share. So um, these are practical accessories, which for a connoisseur or an aficionado, um, this was their real kudos item that they, when they were tasting their whiskey or going to a festival or, um, you know, having friends round, this was the way that, you, you know, dispensed you water. dispensed your water rather than from a jug. And... Um, yeah, it, it it probably outweighed um, the popularity of the Angel Share Angel, but in terms of um, practicality, but it's certainly a, a, a another kind of eureka moment that we said, okay, here's a problem that people have about overwatering their whiskey, and this gives them a really nice um, tool to use. <laughs> yes, when I first saw the your uh, when you unveiled the whiskey dropper, I thought it was brilliant because. The way that a friend showed me to get just the right amount of water into my whiskey was to take uh, a drinking straw, just a plastic drinking mm-hmm. straw, and and put that down into a glass or a, or a jug of water, and and do like you say, you, you know, you put the, your hand over the top of the hole and it sucks up a certain amount of water, and then you and that was how I would put whiskey in water, and uh, yeah. and I, but the, yours is so much more elegant. The idea, the concept is the same, but yours is elegant. The plastic straw is not. That's right. And it was exact, you know, exactly the same principle, um, just that we have taken, again, our kind of creative flair and made something that normally is quite mundane and quite, um, you know, there are plastic pipettes out there that you, you, you do see around, especially in distilleries and things. And, and we've given them something that matches their, um, you know, whiskey is a premium um, drink. And so, yeah, your accessories and your glass and everything, are you, they have to be premium too. So, you want something that looks nice, feels nice, and works well. Now, is the whiskey dropper uh, the type of product that, that I can slip into my shirt pocket if I'm going out to have a few drinks with uh, my friends at the pub or going to a dinner party or something where I know I'm going to be drinking whiskey? Is it durable enough to be carried around and used in that manner? It is, but it might be slightly um, large. So and on that note, talking of eureka moments, um, <laughs> we've developed <laughs> the pocket dropper. Uh-huh. So the the pocket dropper is slightly smaller, um, slightly more robust. Well, I, I mean, it's still our, our products are still really well, you know, well made. So um, the chances of them breaking are very rare, although they are glass. The pocket dropper is smaller in size, and we have teamed up with um, our local um, Harris Tweed. So um, the kind of iconic tartan that comes from um, the Isle of Harris. And yes. We have um, produced what we call the pocket dropper, and the pocket dropper is slightly smaller and can go in your top pocket. Um, so when you are out and about, or if you're um, here, you're possibly or, or at a whiskey festival, or on the golf course, or um, on a shoot or a hunt, then you have your pocket dropper in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a great eureka moment, and I would think a product that a lot of people would find uh, will find useful. Back to the to the original angel share the glass. Do you do bespoke and one off items in terms of my fra- favorite whiskey is uh, is Jura, and I would like an angel share, but I would like it to have Jura or Glenlivet or uh, Akatoshan, yep. whatever. Uh, do you do original work like that? And the second part of the question is, in your standard, your stock Angel Share glass, is there a whiskey of choice that you do use in, in the product process? So at the moment, our, um, our generic 
what we call our genetic angels, yeah. our stock angels. They um, hold a single, a Speyside single malt, um, which we we buy in. We also use our local distillery is um, Deanston Distillery, which is Burn Stewart. We also use their whiskey um, in our angels, um, in our genetic angels. We also have um, very good relations and contracts with um, Macallan, uh-huh. Aaron Whiskey, um, Glen Murray, and uh, Deanston, and Glen Kinchy. And we put their whiskey inside our angels for sales in their distilleries. Um, but with Macallan, we have a license agreement with them, so we can sell their um, whiskey inside our angels direct from our website, which will be launching the Macallan Angels and the Glen Murray Angels will be available from from this month onwards. So, um, yeah, so we do do specifics. We have had people who have had a special whiskey um, possibly bought for their christening or the birth of the child or even their daughter's wedding, and they have drank most of the bottle and have a tiny bit left, but they liked it so much they don't want to um, finish the bottle. So we have sealed in people's favourite bottles or commemorative bottles into an angel and marked it accordingly. So we do do bespoke um, angels for that, um, for specific reasons. You also do, if I remember looking at your website correctly, um, special edition angels. There was a poppy angel, as I recall, and I know there were some others there that escaped me at the moment. Tell me a little bit about some of the special editions. So the special editions, we don't limit. So we do a special editions and we do limited editions. So the special editions we've done are um, the Poppy Angel, Valentine's, and um, well, the St Andrews we've just launched in November. There was a limited edition. Um, so it's a bespoke angel. Um, it has its own whiskey cask it comes in, and it's filled with Johnny Walker Blue Label. So we do, so it's a limited edition. So there's only ever 25 meat, and that's... Um, that's what we stick to. So we have also done a Port Ellen, 1983, um, which again is limited. We've done Lafroig, we've done Ardbeg, um, and these are all limited. So once we've done one specific, um, you know, either age or whiskey, then we go on to another. And um, so they are only only ever done, and they're certified. Certificate. And, Certificate. Yeah, and they've got certificate of authentication. So. Um, they're all numbered, they're all hand engraved, so we, you know which number you've got. And um, the special editions we tend to bring out with the seasons, so there'll be more of them probably um, for 2016. Um, and certainly it, it just lends the angel to become um, all things to all people, really. If, if, if they want it with a Welsh flag on it, we can do it with a Welsh flag on it or American. an American flag or, um, you know, all those kind of things. So we we have the the scope the the scope to to, to make every single one uh-huh. absolutely unique and bespoke. Yeah. So your your limited editions then. Um, I'm suspecting there's at least one or probably more collectors out there who have already started making it a point to get one of each of those, yeah. and they're building a collection of your limited editions. Yeah, yeah, and 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 more so now we have some customers who contact us and say what's coming out next. So. As soon as we bring it out, they want the first, you know, they want number X. So they're on a, they're on a waiting so, list for the next special, uh, next limited edition. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, it's go, yeah, it's kind of going that way, and and they are very, you know, they are becoming as collect- 
collectible as the whiskey itself. So, um, yeah, if and there's some real, real nice ones out there, and and more to come. I mean, we've not even scratched the surface of how many whiskies there are in the world. So, yeah, we've done Australian ones for Lark Distillery. We've done, um, yeah, we've done uh, Macallan ones. We've done. Uh, the Commonwealth Games. Games. Deanston, we did a corporate gift set for them. Which um, so the 2014 Glasgow Commonwealth Games, we we did a, a set of three angels, which consisted of a, a bronze, silver, and gold ah. angel, each holding different whiskies. Oh. Um, of of Deanston, and um, yeah, so there was only there was 50 made of them. So they are completely. They were one of our first limited editions we ever did. So. Um, if anyone has one of them, then yeah, they're very lucky and should hold on to it. <laughs> so, so it sounds as if we should talk about uh, an edition that that has uh, the Under the Tartan Sky um, mm-hmm. logo on it, perhaps, and, and a favorite whiskey of mine. We, we probably should talk. Absolutely. You also yeah. <laughs> do. Um, if, if let's say for the moment I'm the CEO of a of a huge corporation and we're having our annual uh, company dinner or whatever, I, I could come to you and, and say I need let's say a hundred angel share glass and I would like it to have this particular whiskey in it and maybe my yep. company logo of some in, in some fashion. You do those types of uh, corporate and yep. and special program gifts. You mentioned obviously uh, the Commonwealth Games, so that's also a part of your business. It's not just retail. Not just retail. We wholesale out to um, we wholesale out to gift retailers and to visitor centres. So predominantly distillery visitor centres because um, uh, that's where you know people are likely to pick up an angel share of that whiskey. Um, but we also so we have the wholesale side of the business. Um, we have the the retail side, which is our website and e-commerce site. Um, we have the bespoke side where we have um, like you say corporate you know, gifting and um, the bespoke element of it. So so we have those kind of three strands. Um, and also we still supply spirit bowls to the distil- to the fabricators and the facilities. So we, so we have that element of the business as well. Are all of your glass items at present, and do you foresee in the future that they would all be, again, we're talking the angel share glass, the, the, the whiskey dropper, the pocket dropper, and I know you have some, uh, some various, like your hot toddy set. Yeah. Um, Everything at this point is themed to whiskey. Is that yep. you think going to be a constant in the Angel Share glass, or or would you be branching into perhaps some other types of glass yes. art? So yeah, we have um, obviously with the the amount of distilleries that are opening up over Scotland and Ireland um, at the moment. Um, there's a huge gin renaissance. Um, so gin is massive at the moment, and, yes. and craft distillers all over the you know, world, even in the US, Canada, are all, um, you know, jumping on the gin wagon. So, yeah, there might be some elements of gin, although the angel share doesn't apply to gin. Um, yeah, we are looking at other spirit markets. Yeah. That's interesting because one of our earlier episodes was with uh, Stephen Shand from Glenmore Spirit Company and their new Firkin gin. And we talked about the, mm-hmm. the, the really resurgence in the gin industry, and particularly in Scotland, that's true. So it would seem mm-hmm. that it would make sense there. But is there an angel share type myth or legend within the gin industry that you've discovered yet? Are you looking for something like that that might be the inspiration for that next line of product? Yeah, we have some ideas. Um, Gin uses a lot of botanicals, obviously, in their flavors and stuff. So um, there's a few few ideas floating about there for gin. 
Okay. <laughs> and obviously you're not going to share any of them just yet. <laughs> <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and it's, Angel Share Glass is obviously a glassware company, but you do offer other I guess, shall we say, uh, accessory items? You're into uh, whiskey-scented candles, for example? Yeah, so the candles came about with, um, again, another kind of uh, idea that we were using all the whiskey in our angels and we were left with all these beautiful whiskey bottles. Um, and, And whiskey brands put a lot of time and money into developing nice bottles. So it's really hard to throw them in the bin. So... We looked at these bottles and initially, actually, we thought, what can we do with these bottles that we can change them into something else? So initially, we used the tops of the bottle, um, so the neck of the bottle, and turned them into candelabra. Um, so you would have a, a, a an oak base, kind of similar to some of our other oak sets that we do, and the top of the bottle... Um, kind of represents a bit of a pot still shape so we use the neck of the bottle and put it on top and then put a candle in it like a candelabra and then we had all these bottoms of bottles (laughs) left and we thought what the heck can we do with these because we don't want to throw these in the bin either because they're lovely and the labeling and everything's lovely so we got together with a local candle making firm and we said let's put a candle in this but let's try and get a scent that is kind of similar to whiskey. So we developed whiskey notes and we took the tasting notes of whiskey, um, most popular whiskies, and looked at the tasting notes and said, okay, these are similar flavours to what and smells to what you would put in a candle. So we blended our own scent for the candles. And so whiskey notes candles were born and we um, upcycle or refashion all the empties that we get and all the empties we use and we turn them into another product. We've talked about the whiskey dropper, the pocket dropper, obviously the angel share glass. Uh, you have a very unique tasting glass as well. Is there someone specific there who's behind, who is the creative mind behind all of these products, or is it a, is it a company wide? I mean, can anyone come in with an idea and say, "Hey, why don't we try this?" Or have you thought about that? How does the creative process work there at Angel Share Glass? So we're constantly looking, Dad most certainly looks at things all the time and says, oh, we could do that and we could try and do it this way. or what. So he constantly is the mastermind of of kind of creating. Um, I'm probably say that I'm probably more the designer. So I would say, right, how can we use this and what's it going to look like? And um, all our staff, well, the whole team will come out with ideas and things and we try them or, you know, um, uh, B, who's our assistant glass maker, um, is really into lighting and design. And so she's possibly coming up with some kind of um, creative lighting for Angel Share Glass. So that might be the next kind of product line we go down as well. Um, so, yeah, our creative minds are probably first and foremost Tom and then filtering down into the rest of us. But I think we're all um, we're all quite passionate about the whole concept and the glassware itself. So the whole team is, is really, you know, um, quite focused on where we're going and how we're going to get there. Have you ever had, or would you be receptive if someone walked in off the street and said, I've got an idea you guys should think about? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, if it's, it, it, yeah, we, we, we do do stuff for other people that um, is, you know, they'll come and say, can you make this for me? Um, and, and 
and design stuff. In fact, Dewar's Whiskey, so Aberfeldy Distillery, um, they loved our Angel Share and our products, but they had their own idea of what they wanted to have in their distillery visitor centre, and that was a droplet. Um, so the same kind of concept as the Angel Share, but it was a droplet of whiskey, which was sealed inside a drop. Um, so, yeah, we do get people come and say, um, I've got this idea, please, can you make it for us? Tom is clearly a master craftsman in glass. I, I know you've done some great signature works over the time, and, and you're certainly not, I don't mean to imply that you're an old man by any means, but <laughs> I'm reminded of the story about that I've heard about Iron Brew, that only three people know the 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 recipe, if you will, and they're never in the same place together lest something should happen tragically to the three of them at the same time. And since the Angel Share Glass came about through your knowledge and the process of capturing the whiskey inside the angel is something of a trade secret there. You're not the sole glass maker at Angel Share Glass. So how is that being how is that process being protected and yet handed down so that, God forbid, Tom, the day comes that you aren't with us, that you know the product and the process can continue on? At the moment. Um, when when we took on our, our assistant, assistant Glasper, who is a graduate art uh, student or ex-graduate art student uh, in glass, uh, she signed a confidentiality uh, agreement. Uh, that's a legal binding thing that what she saw and what we have uh, taught her, uh, uh, taught her uh, would should be kept a secret. Uh, hopefully she'll stay with us for. We don't know. Is it a is it a new thing? So no, but the confidentiality, if you're involved in it, is a, a contract of confidentiality. Okay. So there there are only three people that actually do know the secret. So um, the other glassmakers we have that that hand make our glass for us make the angels to a point, and we hold all the sealing and filling in our in house. Ah, so the secret isn't shared uh, amongst the most of the other the other outside glassmakers who are working for nope. you. No, no, they don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's that. That answers a very good question then. Um, and they are also under confidentiality agreement should they work out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> in case one of them is sitting back in their laboratory experimenting, as I'm sure Tom yep. did at some point, huh? Absolutely. The glass angel is design protected. Tell me a little bit about what that term means. How does that come about? I've, I've seen other products in Scotland that are done that way. Uh, what does design protected mean, and, and what has to be done to achieve that status? So um, our design is design protected. So we have registered the design of the angel um, with our government. Um, so it's held for 10 years. And if anyone should copy and try and make and sell commercially that same design, or even very similar design. We can. We, it's kind of like a copyright or a patent. Um, a patent is the process, a copyright is written. So um, the design protection is the design. So we have designed an angel that is filled and sealed with, not necessarily whiskey, with liquid, and that is the design that is um, upheld. So legally, um, it's ours. Copyright is ours. So if someone else came along, let's say, for sake of argument, and produced, I don't know, a bullfrog filled with some liquid in, in glass, would that fall under your design protection, or is that different enough that it would fall outside of it? That's different, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And there will be, I mean, there is a, 
if something's good, people will copy it. So, you know, we expect that that one day is going to happen. Um, and hopefully not in the near future. Yeah, I, I'm thinking somewhere out there is someone thinking, you know, I could make a glass Nessie and fill it with water of Loch, from Loch Ness, and bingo, yeah. there's a product for you. There's a great product. Yeah, watch this shelf. We do actually make Loch Ness monsters. Do you yeah, really? Not part, yeah, we have done, and we make, yeah, glass pigs and things like that so yeah we do we have done that we've not filled it with water from Loch Ness but um well you can have you you can have my idea so long as I get number one okay (laughs) I'll make sure you get a royalty claim (laughs) there you go (laughs) we also do our droppers with a Nessie on them um and we also have them over here in Scotland the Kelpies which are huge horse heads yes so we also do Kelpie water droppers as now as well and that was contracted when they were first um yeah. When they were first made, um, when they were open to the public, and um, the kelpies are yeah. huge over here, and uh, they were one of the first things that I visited on my my first trip to Scotland. I actually made my first visit, um, and was there one week after they had opened. Even all the landscaping wasn't even done, but they were open to the public, and they were one of the first uh, sites that I visited. And they have a huge fandom, and of course, a set of the mini kelpies, as I call them, was here. I think uh, the year they opened. In New York, yeah. right, right, yeah. So the Kelpies are quite popular here. They're they're very well known. Yeah. So we, um, Andy Scott, who did the Kelpies, endorsed the droppers. So, um, and I also came up with the tagline from one spirit to another. So from the whiskey spirit to the water spirit. Uh-huh. So um, it it tied in completely with the whole concept of the Kelpies and the water and the putting your water in your whiskey. So um, we were really pleased to get that contract. So going back to that, whenever it was that you had the eureka moment about the angel share glass, to from that point uh, around 2012, as you said, to now, um, generally what is your reaction to how, how well it's done and how it's been received in the marketplace? Yeah, we weren't surprised at how, um, how it's received or because, yeah, everyone we, we show it to and, and they love it. Um, what we were surprised is how quickly um, the, the business has grown. So from going from part-time to just, you know, my dad being retired and coming out of retirement, then going straight back into developing a new business um, around the Angel Share has been phenomenal. Uh, we, ha- we couldn't have asked for it to go any better, and it, and it just keeps getting better. So we're, we're um, hugely appreciative of the people that support us, but um, in terms of global, so we obviously supply the states. So we have them um, partners in the states in, in Minnesota, um, and they will be exhibiting Angel Share at the New York Now um, trade show. So our global reach is, is, has been surprising, but um, our home market is yeah we were expecting it to be um, the way it is in the home market, but certainly the global the global reach has been phenomenal. Tom, what are your thoughts about you were retired and now you've come back uh, out of retirement into working? <laughs> I don't think a lot yeah. of people would be excited about that. Was, was it Karen who came to you and said, hey, Dad, I've got this great idea, but you got to go back to work? No, no, I've always, I, I have a lot of ethic. Uh, uh, I just don't like the idea of not doing anything. Um, I, I was retired for about oh, just a few months, and uh, although I love my garden and I love being from Scotland, I love my golf. I play golf twice a week. Um, 
uh, I still love making it. Being, going back to the very beginning, being creative, uh, and this is my passion to create things that people like uh, and use. So the, the creativeness is, is really the, the thing that keeps me going. Um, I think I, I enjoy more. I've just finished uh, a day's work today, and I said to my wife uh, as I left to come to Carl's, you know, I've had a really good day today. I've really enjoyed making what I've made today because with a couple of problems to solve out, um, we had a problem with something, and we solved that today. Uh, we've now got it running smoothly. Uh, it was a production problem. Um, we solved it, and then we went on and uh, got on with it. So it was a successful day, and, and I get that buzz uh, from from these successes and from glass making. And Karen, are you involved a great deal in the in the presentation of the product, uh, the mini Glen Karen glasses and the hot toddy set we talked about briefly, and and even the droppers that have oak stands? And there is a presentation element to the product. Is that part of what you do? Yeah, so most of that is all my concept. So how how would we present that? How can we take our glass and make it something that people want to put out on display? They don't want to put it in a cupboard and shut the door. They don't want to put it in a drawer and never use it. We want something that people are going to put out on their sideboard or their mantle or um, their whiskey collection cabinet, and that is on display. Um, and that's um, part of the presentation and... Yeah, making sure that people, yeah, go, oh, that's lovely. What's that? Let's go right back to the very beginning, the, the angel share, the myth, the legend, call it what you will, that a percentage of the whiskey evaporates away as it's aging, and that's the angel share. Why did you make the concept that you can't get at the whiskey in the angel share glass? It's sealed in. It's not meant for drinking. Why can't I get at that whiskey? No one has ever seen the angel share is a myth, uh, and the myth is, is this uh, evaporation that no one has ever seen. Uh, so that belongs to the angel. So this is the idea of sealing it in. The, that is the angel share trapped in the angel, and no one else can get at it because it's, it's the angel's share. It's not your whiskey. It's, it's the, the angel share. My thanks to my guests, Tom Young and Karen Somerville of Angel Share Glass. While the legend of the Angel Share is one that runs deep in the history of the spirits industry, the makers of the famous bourbon brand, Jim Beam, are embarking on a plan to establish their own new wee legend, that of the Devil's Cut. They say they're able to reclaim whiskey, which has been trapped deep inside the wood of each cask after the barrel has been emptied. They blend this pulled-out whiskey with six-year-aged bourbon, and they market it as the product called Jim Beam's Devil's Cut. I can only wonder if this too might spawn a new line of glassware, a wee devil figure with a bit of bourbon captured inside. Tom? Karen? Are you listening? Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev. Agus Alipa Gabra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. Learn more on our website at www.glenlmoyer.com. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. 
Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol, tartansky. And thank you for listening. <laughs>